Bismillah, walhamdulillah, wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah. They say just as our bodies need nourishment to survive, our souls need to be nourished as well. But the question is, how often do we feed our souls? Welcome to Soul Food, a podcast about spiritual refinement. My name is Amjad Tarsin, and I invite you to embark with me on this journey inward to work on our souls. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to episode 13 of Soul Food, where we're going to look at vanity, which is one of the diseases of the heart that really veils a person from witnessing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and witnessing His complete assistance and gifts and mercy. So in this episode, inshallah, we will look at the danger of vanity and we will look at how that relates to false piety. One of the, the greatest dangers we're dealing with in today's world is false piety. And then we'll look at a beautiful, a short, but very meaningful and beautiful wisdom of Imam Ibn Ata'illah al-Sakandari. And then we'll also look at understanding that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the giver. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the giver. So the danger of vanity. Vanity in Arabic is called ujb. Is called ujb. And what it means, what we mean by vanity or ujb when it relates to the soul, when it re- what it relates to soul food and our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that it's when a person feels full of themselves for what they've accomplished religiously. When a person feels full of themselves for what they've accomplished religiously. And this is different than arrogance. You're probably wondering, well, isn't that arrogance? We were just looking at that yesterday. This is actually different from arrogance. Arrogance is holding the truth and holding other people in contempt. Vanity isn't necessarily holding the truth in contempt, but it's a person thinking that they've accomplished something in and of themselves and being pleased with themselves because of that. So that they're pleased with themselves for what they think that they've accomplished. And it's a disease of the heart. The reason we're talking about it in soul food is that it's a disease of the heart because it makes a person impressed with them st- with themselves instead of actually being thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That when some you achieve some good, you achieve something beautiful, and it is an accomplishment, it becomes vanity when you see it as something that you see within yourself, you become impressed with yourself instead of actually being thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and witnessing it as something that came from Him. And Allah mentions this in the Quran that the companions around the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa they were impressed at a particular uh, event in history. They were impressed with something and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaches them not to be impressed with themselves or with material things. But that in reality, the one who benefits is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah says in Surah At-Tawbah, Surah number 9, verse 25. A'udhu billahi min rajim Wa yawma hunaynin idh a'jabatkum kathratukum falam tughni ankum shay'a That Allah says on the day of the battle of Hunayn, there was a particular battle where there was a large number of sahaba, there was a large number of companions. Allah says on that day you were pleased with your large numbers but they were of no use to you. That in reality, that those large numbers and being kind of 
vain doesn't do anything. It doesn't help you or benefit you if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not the one assisting you. So for us in soul food, the reason that we have to be, and this is, this is subtle, it's nuanced. Someone might think like, what's the difference? Like this is really, you know, the differences are very subtle. But it's very important because the way that it relates to the state of our heart with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that we need to witness Him and His assistance and His gifts and His power over anything else that we see in the material world, whether it's within ourselves or within our community or within any other material thing that is within our kind of quote-unquote control. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was teaching them there, don't be impressed with yourselves because it is of no use if Allah is not helping you. It's no use if Allah is not helping you. How does this relate to false piety? False piety is one of the most dangerous phenomena of today's world and one of the most dangerous phenomena that's facing people of faith and facing the ummah of the Prophet ﷺ today. False piety is when a person thinks that through their worship or through their piety that they've accomplished something and that now they're somehow like God's gift to the world. This is a big problem. This is a big problem today is that people just feel that they're like God's gift to the ummah. And, you know, this also relates directly with arrogance. Sometimes it appears in the form of thinking that they're better than others or thinking that they can look down on others and so forth. But it also has something to do with vanity because someone says to themselves, look at all the things that I've accomplished. Look at how much I pray. Look at how much Qur'an I have memorized and so forth. And those things are good in and of themselves. But the state of the heart in that action has to be humble. Has to be humble. You know, and uh, the Prophet himself, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam himself, he would ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for forgiveness a hundred times a day. Why would he do that? Why does the Prophet of God who's protected from sin Ask Allah for forgiveness a hundred times a day. Not because of any mistake, but because he was witnessing himself as a servant of Allah. He was turning back to Allah in everything and felt that Allah's gift and bounty upon him was so great that he was constantly turning back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He, he was the furthest person from ever having any sense of false piety. And nowadays, we have a lot of people who are wolves in sheep's clothing because the state of their hearts are corrupt, even if they're doing good deeds outwardly. So we have to be very careful from this disease. We have to be very careful. And let's say, for example, you get up for Qiyam al-Layl one night. You get up for Qiyam al-Layl one night. Instead of thinking to yourself, because this is what vanity is, instead of saying, wow, look what I did for God. That's impressive. I got up, I prayed this many rak'ahs, I read this much Qur'an. Look at what I've accomplished for God. What that's actually saying on a spiritual level, a person who thinks that way, they almost think that they're doing God a favor. They almost think they're doing God a favor. Allah doesn't need your worship, you need Allah. And if you do accomplish something good, then you have to recognize that as tawfiq from Allah that Allah gave you His enabling grace to do something pleasing to Him. So even when you do it, 
you return back to him in thanks and gratitude. So you don't see, it's so easy. We could easily, the alarm, we could have easily slept through the alarm. You could have woke up and been lazy, whatever it may be. There's a million things that could have prevented you from actually uh, praying to Allah in the middle of the night. But when you get up, know that that's a, that's a, a gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So someone might ask at this point, okay, I mean, vanity and being impressed with worship and so forth, are you saying that we can't be happy when we do something good? Does that mean that if I do something good, I can't be happy about it? No, that's not what it means. You can be happy about it. The Prophet ﷺ, he said, whoever's good deeds please them and their sins make them sad, then they are a believer. But when you are happy with your good deed, the difference between being happy with doing a good deed and vanity is that you are happy with that good deed as a sign of Allah's assistance and you're not happy with it because of your own self. You don't become impressed with yourself, but you say, Alhamdulillah, Allah gave me the ability to get up for Qiyam al-Layl. Alhamdulillah, Allah gave me the ability to give charity. Alhamdulillah, Allah assisted me in memorization of Qur'an, or whatever it may be. But you recognize that it's coming from Allah, and your happiness is in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and in His gifts and bounties and mercy. So this brings us to the wisdom of Imam Ibn Ata'illah. This is really important. It's a beautiful, very short hikmah from his hikam in which he says, He says, perhaps a sin that brings brokenness, if a person performs a sin, which is haram, it's not something that anyone would encourage, obviously. But if someone performs a sin and that sin brings them brokenness and humility before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, maybe they are in a better state than someone who performs an act of obedience. But after that act of obedience, they feel arrogant and proud of themselves. They're impressed with themselves because of that act of obedience. Whereas the person who performs the sin, which is displeasing to Allah, but their response, the state of their heart after that sin is broken and remorseful. They're in a better state with Allah than someone who does a good deed, but then they're proud of themselves. Oh, look at what I did. Look at what I did for Allah. As if we're doing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala a favor, which is not the case at all. So this brings us to the cure of vanity. How do we deal with vanity? How do we get rid of it? It's actually quite simple. It's actually quite simple and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for His assistance. But the way that you deal with it is recognizing that the giver is Allah. That the one who gives you worship, the one who gives you the ability to do any good is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the response is always gratitude and turning back and witnessing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and not becoming overly impressed with yourself which could veil you from God's gifts. The Prophet ﷺ, he said, none of you will be saved by your actions. None of you will enter paradise. None of you will be saved from the fire by your actions alone. Doesn't mean that actions aren't important. But he said, by your actions alone. The companions asked, they said, not even you, O Messenger of God. 
Does this apply to you as well? Who has the best actions, who has the most complete actions, وسلم, His response was, not even me. Except if God completely envelops me in His mercy. Except if God completely envelops me in His mercy. That even with the Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, praying in the middle of the night, standing so long in prayer that his blessed ankles would swell, that he spent his entire life and the entire time of revelation in educating and teaching and sacrificing for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, all of those actions, he was not affected with even an atom's weight of vanity seeing himself. But he witnessed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he said, except if God envelops me completely in his mercy. And this is a hadith narrated by Bukhari and Muslim, the highest authenticity. So that brings us to today's call to action. The call to action is very simple. Today, while you're praying, you can do this when you're praying or you can do it when you break your fast or you can even just take a couple moments to reflect and think about it. But the easiest time to do it is after the next prayer. That when you're done with the prayer, you say, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. The sunnah is to say, Astaghfirullah, Astaghfirullah, Astaghfirullah. To seek God's forgiveness after the prayer. That after you finish the prayer, when you say that istighfar, when you ask Allah for forgiveness, be mindful of the deficiencies in your prayer. And ask Allah to forgive you for those deficiencies in your prayer. And recognizing that whatever was good in the prayer is a gift from Allah and whatever deficiencies are because of the deficiencies that exist within our own selves. So be mindful when you're asking Allah for forgiveness for those inevitable deficiencies. That's the call to action. And by doing so, inshallah, we'll become more aware of Allah's gifts and less susceptible to becoming impressed with our own selves. Jazakumullah kul khair. For listening once again, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala purify our hearts and transform us in this blessed month of Ramadan. Please remember us in your du'as. Jazakumullah kul khair. And inshallah, we'll see you tomorrow. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.